Hello, my name is Declan Deneen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode of Guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest on today's episode is Will Porter. Um, Will was a video game journalist for many years. He was the editor of PC Zone for a little while. And he's since moved into development. He's been working on Project Zomboid for, for many years. And he was the, the writer on No Man's Sky and Alien Isolation. We get into a bit about both of those games. Uh, it's a really brilliant chat. Um, also, he grew up on a farm, which I was very excited about. That's, that's the first for the show, I think. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant chat. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as always, I, I uh, thank you for downloading and supporting the show. If you really like the show... Um, please do rate and review on iTunes, tell a friend, uh, all that good stuff. It's massively appreciated and helps kind of broaden the audience of the show. Will is another example of somebody who wasn't aware of the show a little while ago and has now discovered uh, the, 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 brilliance, the brilliance of it. Um, mainly just the, the kind of breadth of guests I've been able to speak to, which, which makes it uh, very good. So if this happens to be a first episode for you, do dig back into the archives and, uh, and encourage somebody else to listen. Um, if you really like the show, there's a Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints. Uh, all donations are very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be. I mean, I say that. <laughs> the like the, the main reason for the Patreon page is to cover all the hosting costs because I, I host all the podcasts myself. Uh, and it does that with the, the current funding. So any... Uh, additional gestures would probably just go towards buying me a, a nintendo switch and super mario odyssey um but you know that 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 only furthers my enthusiasm for video games and therefore uh, my love of the show and getting to speak to people i speak to so in a, in a kind of an indirect way it nevertheless goes back into making the show even better um also if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can you can email it's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at Checkpoint Show on Twitter, or it's Checkpoints Podcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. Um, and do follow the show on Twitter as well. It's at Checkpoint Show. And not only do you get updates on the latest episodes, but uh, you also get to see me retweet a lot of a lot of praise. <laughs> um, okay, so that that's that covers all the the admin stuff. Thanks so much as always for downloading and subscribing to the show. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you keep listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode and a new guest. But until then, let's get on with the show. <laughs> um, well, let's do, let's do, for the sake of uh, formality, we'll do a formal introduction. So, uh, Will, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks Hello. so much for coming on. Uh, if you don't mind, would you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Will Porter, and I was once upon a time uh, one of the, one of the latter-day PC Zone people, um, and I've, and then since I stopped being the editor of that, and it then kind of, well, I would say I won't say nose nosedive and exploded because it was more slightly more sort of graceful and uh, whatever than that, but it kind of PC Zone became a 
uh, a non-thing. Uh, and then since then, then I was like a like a gaming freelancer or whatever. But then since then, I've been a lot more involved in the making of games. So I make a zombie game with some friends called Project Zomboid, and I also have written on uh, sort of more AAA kind of stuff like Alien Isolation and uh, No Man's Sky, which was a barrel of laughs. Uh, and uh, well, oh yeah, but the, the way I got into into that was more. Um, I did some work on a Need for Speed game with a slightly mad studios, um, Need for Speed Shift Two, and I've done lots of many and varied things as that have just never come out and never will. <laughs> well, as as is always seemingly the way. I think. Uh, yeah. No, so what, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? If you're allowed to talk about it, if you're not, that's fine. Uh, no, uh, well, the, the, t- right now these days I've got a few other things on the boil, but it's kind of like eighty percent, eighty-five percent of my time is just uh, on projects on boy because, like, uh, there's just so much to do, and we've got so many people working on it these days that I'm in a lot more of a reducery role almost. So, like, I'm kind of like um, sort of giving people tasks and saying what we do next and look at, trying to roll the builds out because we you know, we've been making this game for five or six years now and like it's um and it's a really good game but there's just still an awful lot that we, that we need to get in there before we can say it's done so like um so yeah yeah it's like the kind of the whole sort of process that seemed i don't know it's interesting the way things kind of the way games get made now i suppose the, like they they're almost kind of i'm 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 reaching for some sort of farming analogy but that's the wrong the wrong word for it but you know what i mean it's not like here's a thing everyone get it it's like a thing that's kind of built and grown and sort of reshapes yeah. as it goes kind of thing no especially us because we were we did the, the crowdfunding kind of thing before it was cool uh and like um and like we just so we we are like a game that said we're going to make this game it's going to have all these things in it and uh please get have some money please and uh we're still sort of going through the process of like providing everything that we offered in that initial kind of menu i guess and you know we got some big stuff to still still, still to go in but we've ticked off like we, we ticked off like 80 percent of the things on that list but the last 20 percent of the things are also like the the, the, the big deals it's like the yeah. well, new animations that we that we promised for a long time now but we've got like, a really good guy kind of pumping them out uh, in the background and then like the more of the the single player kind of contingent uh, contingent obviously it's single player anyway more of the the stuff that's more like the the you know the more the story to the story events and stuff like stuff like that so that's the a, a, along with maintaining it as like as a multiplayer game and stuff like that with the providing for the servers and stuff like that so so yeah so no it's um so it's, it's going all right we go we, we we're um we just like we just need to finish it basically and does believe, it not get me, like, we are working very hard to do that does it not get exhausting like i i i I mean, I've been involved in various writing things, but more for like like TV or radio or stage, and and the the time things take is always immensely frustrating. But like projects, always that's been like years, hasn't it? How do you yeah, kind of yeah. how do you maintain your your enthusiasm for it? I suppose. Well, don't get, don't get me wrong; it's tricky. It's, it, it is it is it is tricky. But I think what's helped certainly helped uh, recently is just getting different people like in in and working on it and different experts in different areas and 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 like new just new voices like in the in the the dev chat and i think that's that's certainly what's what's helped recently we like we've got some really really amazing optimization guys in and so that and they're like they're you know enthusiasm catching right so like it's Mm -hmm. good we've got and we've got these other um 
and they've got these other guys who are working like a, this Russian company called General Arcade, and they're doing they're helping out with the vehicles that are currently going in and various other things that I've got them lined up to do uh, end of this year and st- start next. And I think it's just like that, that continuing the just continuing continuing the flow. And there is a point as well where it becomes, you know, like. Well, it's a job, right? You know, yeah, you just exactly. Gotta, you, you, it's like you, you, you wake up in the morning, you, 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 you do your job, and also you have to realise how how lucky you are to be to to be doing that. Like it's, um, you know, it's it's and and have you know be successful enough to keep on putting more and more into it, and so in, in the end, be like being confident that what you've got already got is really good, and what what it's going to become is even better. I guess, <laughs> and then it keeps on going. Well, good. Um, well, let's uh, let's meander back then, Will. Um, and if you can remember, what was your very first experience of a video game? Right. Okay. So it would have been somebody's. Like, it would have been at somebody else's house because, uh, like, a, a friend's house on like a B, probably BBC Micros and and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I was very, very much a. I was always, but, but the, it was. I was one of the the, the, the tribe of nice middle class boys who uh, were only allowed to have um, learning learning computers. So I'm of the of the uh, the BBC Micro through to Archimedes formative time. I can remember standing in the York the York Woolworths once playing a NES Mario game. It was two player, and I, I was like. I was so I was I was Mario and my little brother was was Luigi and I and I can remember standing there thinking holding the controller thinking this is the most amazing thing I've ever ever seen or heard and then my mum and dad were going come on what are you doing get out you know like you know it's like waste of time which is a, a common theme that we'll we'll come back to several times in this conversation. Oh, man, that's um, brutal. So, so that you you grew up in York, like around York. No, 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 no. Uh, that we were on holiday in York. I grew up in Bedford. Uh, I grew up in a farm uh, on the outs, like in a little village down a very long road. Like a proper ice. farm. Proper farm, yeah. My 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 my, uh, my family of farmers. On my, the family tree on either side just goes back hundreds of years. Farmer, 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 farmer. And there's me, video games, my brother that's a physiotherapist. <laughs> <laughs> and we just don't, don't really know how it happened, but it did. So, so like, the, the, the lineage sort of stops there, isn't it? Who's going who's gonna to take over the farm? Oh, someone's got to. It's, gonna be, it's, off the, it's, it's one of the, not the great unsaid, because we have spoken about it a little bit, but it's one of those things, it's like you're going to get on with life and then you're going to realise that there's a whole bloody farm that's going to need managing at some point. So, like, um, what sort of farm is it? Well, what it is is like a, it's like a Victorian farm built in the 1850s, uh, and it's like, um, and when I grew, grew up, it was a very quite a lonely place, really, in that like it was very, it was it was it was my family. It's a me, my brother, my mum and dad, and then Malcolm Val, who Malcolm's like living next door. Malcolm's like the the foreman of the. Of the, of the farm, and then Arthur, who was like a, the, the the old the old the old the old bloke from the village, used to help out on tractors and whatever, and often crash them into trees. Um, <laughs> so that, so that that and that was pretty much it. And it was a very lone, it was very, you know, it wasn't. It was a very, it was a very isolated place to grow up, really. But now, spin on to now, uh, where my dad's diversified a lot. Uh, it was it's and it's like uh, we've got like 
uh, when I grew up, it's Arab, Arab and sheep. Although when I was very young, there's pigs, but it's Arab and sheep. And then, but in more recent times, the sheep, the sheep flock's gone, and um, we've got contractors in doing all the arable. But um, it was, uh, it's like we've got like 20 horses and stables in there. We've got like a bloke with a scaffolding business in one of the sheds. We've got a lawnmower repair things because it's all these 1850s Victorian buildings. They're, yeah. They were really good for diversifying, and so we've got like lots of different storage units and um you know different for long the longest time we had um these uh security people testing fence technology for to put around banks uh, and like sort of high security things we had them in a the field so it's very it's a really um it's a it's a really quite a there's always someone about it's a very buzzing place it's actually quite a little community feel to the farm now but when i was growing up it was very yeah just very quiet and dull <laughs> so like it's um yeah it's different now that's that's crazy like um, would you have um it's not crazy it's just it's interesting i've not known anyone who grew up on a farm like were you kind of pitching in were you helping out growing up was that like part of your yeah. daily tasks i'm not a very manly man i'm not i'm pretty shit at most things when it comes to my like manual stuff um so like so my instinct would say oh no not really but then i think about it and i'd be like well actually yes because i used to have to i would be as a teenager i'd be like going around the sheep on the on the back of the quad with the sheep with the sheep dogs checking all the sheep the right way up way up i'd be like um uh lambing time i'd be in charge of like the orphan lambs the pet the the, the pet lambs um and this is more when i'm older i guess so teens and whatever and then i guess i'd, I'd be i'd do some tractor work I'd be uh, quite involved in, in like uh, waffling the hay, kind of like when, when the waffling uh, the hay. What does that mean? Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant. So expression. when the car, when 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 the um when the grass has been cut and the the, the grass is drying, like I'd be going up and down it, like in the, while while the sun's shining, sort of waffling it up on the with the back of the little rotors on the back of the tractor so so it, you know, it's like the easiest tractor job there is basically it's the i don't know I what could, uh, you, you say waffling up like of course i know what that means but like but you know like sort of spinning it around and so fl- fl- making it fly in the air to get so we can get the moisture out because it needs to dry oh, okay uh, okay so it needs to dry because um hay can't be made at all if there's if there's anything wet in there at all that'll go rotten and it's got to last all winter so like it's um so that's why making hay while the sun shines. So while the while the sun's shining, you got to get you, you got to make sure it gets as much air into it as you can. Oh man, that's okay. you learn something new. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so like and like so that'd be and all in the in the lead up to harvest, I'd do a lot of roguing, which I guess you don't know what roguing is either. Of course, either. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows so what roguing is? I immediately go to like, video games. Know. I imagine like backstabbing people and poisoning people and stuff. <laughs> No, that's what that's what I'd be that's what I'd want to be doing when I was when I when I when I was doing it because I'd got to have spend a day spend a day in the fields kind of basically um, you're looking for impurities um, so like uh, wild oats um, rye grass broom ergot if it's really bad which is like when it when there's like a little rotting fungus in the top of the ear of corn and then you're basically pulling it out and so otherwise in a bite by pulling out. So is this boring or not video games? <laughs> like, by, by pulling out all the impurities in the wheat fields, that means that you're more likely to be able to sell it for seed, okay. and which means you get more for it. But if it's full of impurities and full of crap, then it's a lot more likely to go for um, animal feed, which you get a lot less for. See, I mean, it's not like I will bring it crashing back into video games now because, like, 
my obvious point of reference for all of this is like Stardew Valley or <laughs> Harvest Moon, and which I find it immensely therapeutic. I mean, obviously it's kind of time compressed. Like, do you avoid games like that? Is it too... I like, suppose I does do. Does it do anything for same, you? At the same time, I feel the same... I, I think the actual where those are more similar to real farming are probably through the, the business angle and the planning angle. Okay. And like, you know, I guess, which is something I've never really looked at so so, uh, so, so much but like um yeah i don't know I just, or even was, like an animal crossing you know it's this it's it's that kind of same kind of routine of kind of tending to smaller tasks for a, in aid of a bigger task and stuff and I, I guess i mean i've never i've never really been into something that's more like grinding or you know the endless repetition the minute i feel that something has given me enough content or like i've you know i've finished the story mode or whatever that i mean that's it i'm out I've, i'm done but at the same time so like at the same time um you know i think everyone can get captivated by those cycles those you know those things drawing you in those endless like the, the feeling of achievement and whatever yeah, absolutely yeah so so where yeah. did the the interesting games come from then because i imagine like you're saying it's quite an isolated um place like where would you have first kind of discovered games or developed an interest in them um well i think it was just through other just through friends really because my mum and dad are very um yeah it was very like uh they don't get it at all. They're very, I mean, they're very anti, <laughs> to be honest with you. They don't really, well, less so now because they've seen that I've done something with it. But at the time, it was very much like a, what are you doing inside? Go out and get some fresh air, plonk on the doorstep, off you go. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, do, you know, do you know what I mean? It was like, and then I'd kind of like, and I, I kind of think I must have got games into the house by stealth, really, because I wanted a computer. And I always remember, it was, so the first one was the Master Compact that we got. Um, and um, I can remember I, I kind of set it up, and my dad was there and bamboozles, and we got it to like the, you know, the black screen with the, I don't know, Acorn DFS, whatever sort of white writing at the top, and you kind of like, you could kind of tap in some letters and whatever, and like, and and my dad was like, it was like it was like I'd set up some sort of, some, some sort of witchcraft, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can only I can only have been about oh, eight eight or nine, I guess, no, yeah, no, would. I can't remember. Anyway, I can't remember. What, but anyway, that 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 sort of age, and I was and I was like, okay, well, let's load something up. My dad looked at me and was and it was like, isn't this enough? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? And like, and I put a disc in and did shift break. And my dad clearly didn't know how I, how I knew how I needed to do that. And they're going kind to of load it up some sort of centipede game. I I, I remember and sort of some sort of very basic UI kind of thing. And like, and my dad was just absolutely bamboozled by it. But were, were you aware though? You were yeah, saying you went sure. on this holiday to um, York and you played Mario. Like, were you aware of this kind of wider gaming world and were you kind of pining for it? Yeah, I think I think so. Not um, it was more just like um, going around. Maze. I wouldn't say I was necessarily pining for it. Not in the way that I listened to your podcast quite a lot. Not not in quite the way that that other people did. I I, I think it was just something that I just just you know just sort of gradually it kind of gradually appeared in my life and when it was there it didn't really wasn't really going to go i mean um so and then i was into like games like 
there's Repton on the Com- Master on the BBC, and uh, there's an amazing game called Imogen that will always keep stay with me. Where you were, you were like it was like a, a puzzle game where you were constantly changing between a cat, a monkey, and a wizard, and they had like like a, a, a level called Tulips from Hamster Jam, where you had to crush a hamster with a with a log, then plant a tulip bulb in in the dead hamster and then climb and then which grew a tulip and then he had to send the monkey to climb it just stuff like that it was that i, I, I like it's quite cool i've never heard of that game oh it's amazing it was amazing i i i liked it for two reasons one because i the my operating system was adfs so i had to load a boot disk to turn into dfs which made me feel like i'm some sort of fucking master computer wizard <laughs> but only i knew how to do this and then, um, and then, uh, and then also, yeah, because it had that. And it was just more. It was more because of how I think what I liked was the the kookiness of games and the the the, the, the difference of of games and the and the humour of, of 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 games that I just, I just really. It was just like a whole fascinating new world for me in a, in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, and it in it much as um, my parents' resistance was an encouragement. As, as as well because they were very resi- very resistant and everything was just got into the house you know by 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 stealth or educational um sort of uh, promises um and what about your brother though like you say your parents weren't that interested in it did, did he get into it was he interested not, not really i think the only he, he was never really into it. i think the only the only time we really both were properly into games was in the because we're both football fans we're both really into uh, champ man so that would have been about when when i was 17 18 he was 15 16 uh and we'd just we both played that play that together and you know we'd both be sort of co co-managers of qpr and we'd like uh, and when those when those goals started running in and you used to get like a little text flash I just remember just it just being the most exciting thing to do. We used to do laps, laps around the living rooms. You know what I mean? It was, um, yeah. So that was no, that was good times. I think he, he once played Medal of Honor: Light Assault or something like that, and I can remember sort of telling him what to do on that. But no, it was no, it was it was always more of a me thing. So did you have like pals in school then that you would kind of enthuse with, or was it just purely a kind of sole pursuit? Um, yes. Uh, well, so not so not so much with the BBC, but by the time we moved on to the Acorn Archimedes kind of stuff, uh, and it, it was weird owning Acorn Archimedes because you'd have like, and again, I know you've had lots of sort of ni- nice posh boys like me on before. Uh, <laughs> probably not, this probably isn't all new to you, but like, it was weird in that like um, you'd have some some just Acorn games, but after then it was kind of you'd have a very a weird and limited selection of, uh, of of proper games off of the proper g- g- games things like uh, and like it was a bit like a it's a bit like that feeling because we were also a, uh, one that, that we were also a Betamax family rather than the VHS. Oh my goodness! And there's always the there's always the Betamax feeling of going into the VHS shop and you'd, <laughs> and, and you'd see it with the, you'd have your one Betamax shelf. And you'd look around and see the whole of the rest of the store was <laughs> well, like wasn't a few. You'd be like, thinking, <laughs> just say, how could how can you people live like this in this land of plenty when all, when all I have is the same James Bond film I've seen through time? <laughs> yeah, you, I, did that I, make I, you kind of more um, evangelical, or were you just like, no, I know I've got the kind of the lesser version of this? 
I think I was quite evangelical, especially when, but when, when you went, when, when, when school like uh, had like this Acorn stuff and like, Archimedes and whatever, and you and everyone would be like, "What's this load of shit?" And I'd be like, "No, actually, this is a very good computer. We've got, <laughs> you know, we've got this excellent game called Sunrise 2000, and we've got Zool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I guess, I guess." <laughs> I, but I, th- I think, but I think it was really when, I, th- I, I you know, it was always something that I, I that I was into and I, and I and I loved. But I think it only really got serious later on in the four eight six era when I was really kind of really into the games. So is that like the the natural evolution? Then you got you finally got a a proper home computer that you know can pretty much run most things. I think I think so. Yeah, I think that that was definitely what led the four eight six was what led me onto what i've got you know the life i have now for sure i think i think that if 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 i if if the if the if the computer dried up with the with the archimedes i'd have had lots of fond memories of stuff like you know elite i was really into and uh flashback i think i played in the archimedes the first time and that was just mind-blowing and like it still is today i think flashbacks one of the best i've really got a thing for like those very french games yes like flashbacks super french and this really effortlessly cool kind of way is it actually french yeah it it was like it's it's actually french it's because i'm just agreeing with you there i'm like well why why do i think that but no it is it's literally um what's the guy that made it i'm gonna get this wrong but it's paul quisse or something something like that it's from but it's from the same it might not be necessarily the same people but it's certainly from the same sort of group of people that did um uh a uh, little big adventure as well i think there's definitely a link between between that they're definitely mates um and um then they're alone in the dark as well french and that all that that kind of that kind of like era of era of thing i'm an absolute sucker for love it to bits that kind of like art it's kind of knowing arty but also reliably bonkers yes at all stages um, yeah. I remember that so, specifically because it's the first game where um, you could get a job, and for some yes. reason that completely blew my mind that you could oh, I yes, get a real it, job in a game. Yeah, and you'd, you'd go to those little sort of job counters, and it felt in this brilliantly Blade Runnery kind of world, and it would feel like, and you'd actually get the go, you'd get on the little sort of tube train, and then you'd go three or four screens, and then yeah, and it was basically like a very early hub-based quest mechanics wasn't it yeah no, it, was great. it was absolutely fantastic and and that, that yeah that game just never stopped introducing new stuff every time then you had the whole level which is like a running man style queer show thing yeah yeah, yeah the reality tv thing oh man, yeah it's so good yeah it's all about that. oh flash flashback's great <coughs> the um like the 3d sequel is pretty good uh, fade to black but like it was um ran like an absolute dog on my my PC, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I necessarily appreciated it as much as I could have done. And so, with the with the four eight six though, was that um, did that kind of coincide with the internet as well? So it's kind of an explosion of new things. Not really. I don't think we really got. So probably got on the internet at home anyway, because living on the farm, the, the the connection was shit. But like it was um, Quake Two. I remember Quake Two being the first thing I properly played online, and even then, my lag and ping were absolutely horrendous but like so that was but i don't think i've I've never even when i in my 
zone days and whatever i've never been a particular online gamer apart from i've got i, I suppose i've got a it's gone now but i had a bit of a hankering for call of duty that stuck around and got me through a couple of years of freelance to be honest with you um, <laughs> so like uh, that was so yeah so i guess i've been a bit more online than latter day but is i have always been i've always been about single player really so what was the what were the games on the 486 then that kind of stand out for you that kind of you, you said that that was the thing that kind of led you on the the path you've led so so what what are the standouts uh things where you shoot stuff um so but i'm, I'm a very basic man very simple man so doom duke 3d blood all that kind of area the build the, the build engine shooters the id stuff and i just yes to just 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 adored it just the just the just the level design of like in, in genie in 3d i mean the feeling of loading up Junior in 3D, not knowing what to expect, especially as a teenager when it's so smutty and like, yes. like you know, and like in this sort of going and like finding the secrets and all the crazy stuff they could do with the security cameras and the, the earthquake in that cinema and firing a rocket launcher at the screen of the, 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 the jaggy lady on the, <laughs> on the thing and then finding the rocket launcher behind it. And then <coughs> just, there's, it just blew absolutely blew my mind, but the thing the thing about that era as well is that everything and also the age where, where that I was when I was taking it in, like the feeling of like of difference and change and like you'd, I, cover discs for the big thing again leading into PC Zone I guess you get PC Zone and like um, you'd get the cover disc and then every single demo can be amazing you'd be like wow there's a game where you can play pool. And it's like 3D, and the mouse is every, the most basic things for us now. Were just like just mind blowing back back back, yeah. back then. And every, everything felt new, and everything was a new experience. To the extent that it felt, to my mind, it's a little bit like now. If you put on a PlayStation VR or something, and every experience can feel a little bit different, and they're trying something else out that's that's new or different, and it feels like a little more of a like a selection box of experiences. Absolutely. And that very much was what the, the cover disc era kind of did for me. And and you could just pick up a demo of, say, Carmageddon's a great example. I, but, but, you know, for a five, five, fiver or whatever it was back then for a copy of Zone, you get a Carmageddon demo that's time, time limited. But I'd, be, I'd probably would have put like 30, 40 hours into that overall if, if, you, if you had it all together. Like yeah, all, that like was all, the, the original the GTA demo was the, the one yes, that stuck yes, around for like correct. a year or two through it. My whole of my sixth form pretty much that was everyone's go to game, this like little yeah. five minute long exit. Yeah, no, because there's always new stuff and oh yeah, and, you know, it was just yeah, it was a it was a great time and I think it was it was really that 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 that, that got that, that got me in. Like um yeah, and it really just opened up the door, and it became a lot more of a, you know. And I'd I'd, I'd have I'd, I'd know about consoles and whatever, and I'd have mates with, with consoles. My mate Greg was forever getting the wrong console. He'd be like the guy that gets the Atari Jaguar and says it's great because it's the best version of Doom or whatever. You'd be like, yeah, whatever, Greg. Do you know what I mean? But not <laughs> also, Greg. Yeah, he's all right. He's, he did fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like uh, you know, then you got have your SNES mates and Sega mates and whatever. So you'd always. You know, I always had a basic awareness of what was going on elsewhere. But you weren't and, kind of like pining for them, no. You you were kind of happy with the what your PC. Could I was do. I was I was totally totally happy. I was absolutely in love with. It. I was in love with the scene, and I was in love with the magazines as well. Not PC Gamer, obviously, because PC Gamer is shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that uh, just something that you have to like agree to when you go and join oh, either okay. one of the magazines? That it has to be like, oh, you, okay, the other the other magazine is shit. You have no idea, mate. <laughs> basically, I was one of the first people to actually ever befriend someone from PC Gamer because when you join Zone, this, this is going foot forward a bit. But seeing as we're here, like, uh, it so how was, old are you when you when you did this? Um, tell you what, that, should we? That, 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 so it's, I was about twenty-three, maybe, okay, okay. When, I, when I first first joined Zone, and then like, um, but basically, when I, so when I first started, uh, you know, my job was to, you know, make make, make the tea. Basically, the, the other job advert was like, come and make the tea for us. Right, you know, write, write disc pages. Not getting paid a huge amount, but isn't the day, So my job was initially just just playing games. But from the get go. One of the main pillars of working at PC Zone in the early 2000s was fucking over PC Gamer, like or like it was, and and presumably vice versa. It was a massive, massive um, r- uh, r- rivalry, especially around then, because it was all about like who gets the Half-Life 2 exclusive of the reveal and the and, and whatever. And the amount it, you could you could write and we could write it into a like a a, a thrilling. A thrilling Aaron Sorkin <laughs> kind of like uh, like um, sort of written movie because it was all like these twists and turns and we got this person <laughs> on the side but then like but then the venue so yeah, the, genuinely not in any kind of kind of jocular kind of banterish way there was a genuine you know cutthroat rivalry between them yeah especially but maybe not so much from the maybe they didn't feel it so much from the other way but it got per, I can't tell you the ins and outs of it because you know people's real lives are <laughs> involved in different ways but there was just, there was some real you know there was some real like um, proper sort of hatred of, not hatred 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 is wrong because it was it was people it was a job it's a it was a real rivalry and it did and it could get and it could get personal um and um and like when i was remember after we got taken over and we started running pc gamer house ads so this would have been a lot later this would have been like 2008 9 maybe and i got a call from mallow mallow was on the mag late 90s probably but always seen as kind of like when the when the pc's own got on the godfathers and i get the phone rings and it's like he was like will and i was like and, he, and i was like hi oh, hi hi mallow and i was like what the fuck is this fucking PC gamer advert doing my fucking zone? Do you know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry, but I can't. It's just I can't. I can't. I, you know, I, I said Mano, but I can. It's like it's not fucking good enough, Will. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But there was a there's a lineage of zone through the ages, and, and it so was did, great. Did you have it that was, when you were younger like in what, in what as in when you were um, buying magazines and stuff? Did you have a, a side? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I often had PC Zone versus PC Gamer. It's a guy called Ray Hanali at school, and he was a gamer reader, and I was his own reader. Very often, very often, would be like the um, the, the chat about which was which, which was better and whatever. I guess I guess it was only then it was like the um, it was only a matter of time before I was actually working there and actually having proper arguments about who'd fucked over who about <laughs> the Cold War um, exclusive. But, but, um, why, but why though? Like, why, why do you think? I mean, I understand why there would be a rivalry because they're covering the same sort of thing. But why, why, for instance, did you pick sort of PC Zone over PC Gamer? Oh, well, it's just because of the tone. It was, it was like it was, it was the tone. It was because like you get like you get people who it's just like the thing is. To be quite honest with you, I was as much, if not more, into the tone 
the people, the humour. To me, I, I mean, I, I, I like, I mean, I probably would have read PC's own or enjoyed, loved it every month, even if I didn't own a PC, because there was amazing writers, Mr. Cursor, Charlie Brooker, you know, Preza, Mallow, Steve Hill, you know, all these, all these people who were just, to me, were like these amazing, amazing, brilliant, funny people leading this crazy, insane, drunken, hectic lives in, in big media land London. And I was just on this little farm in the back end of nowhere. And their adventures would and, and opinions would appear every month in, on the shelves in Tesco's. And I just got up, I got well into it. No, it felt like a gang. And that, and that, and, it, and, and when you got got to work there, even when arguably I was there after the heyday, or I certainly, or certainly saw the 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 heyday increasingly go into the back into the rearview mirror, like, you know, it was something that we always tried to try to carry on, and certainly always always felt, you know, and um, yeah, and it was great. It was like a, it was it was a club, and I think there was what was what what was good, was just the way that readers felt part of it, or at least. You know, really, you always tried to. Yeah. And I'd argue that, whereas PC Game I know had that, and I know they 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 think they they've got it, and I think <laughs> these days they're, they're these days they're top. Don't get me wrong, PC Game these days are top of class. I think I really really respect what what they've done with it. Um, but I think you maybe had to you had to probably dig for it a little bit deeper. Whereas it was zone was a lot more upfront. Here, 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 here we are. Um, I think PC Gamer. I think it's probably a bit more textured. I think I think the the, la- the loud noise of zone is probably what got me. So, so is that kind of genuinely what kind of led you on the path that you went on? That you just you really like PC Zone and you wanted to write for them. I never wanted to write for them. I just loved it. I never what writing the idea of like well let's let's um. So let's let, let's 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 fill in the blanks. So um, so into games or whatever. Kind of as a lot of your uh, interviewees say, they kind of I did I drifted away from games and computers a bit uh, when it came to university. I still played them a lot uh, in the in the in the holidays. But, um, uh, stuff like Fallout and Fallout Two were probably the, the big university games I remember. But after I'd been roguing in the fields, I used mm-hmm. to come back in and uh, used to play and um, used to play uh, play that. And so, what did you do in university though? Then, if this wasn't uh, your, English, your plan, I, I didn't really have much of a plan. I just knew I wanted to do media stuff. Okay. Uh, so I did like I went to uni, did English and American literature, and then did like all the, I did the um, did the student paper, the bore, and was the music editor on that, and kind of got used to kind of talking to PR people and writing silly stuff. And getting my opinions out there, okay. um, and then, and then uh, so then, and then I didn't I didn't have a PC. No, I did have a PC, but it was I, I my well, my I'm not very technological. My PCs are always like a little bit out of date, and my my uni so basically I basically lived on my housemates' computers when they were out. I'd get on, so like I I I I tag teamed okay. sex with my friend Matt. And like a, I'd, he'd be, he'd be at lectures all day, and I'd be there, and I'd come back, and I'd be like, "You've got to do the next level; it's amazing." And so, like, he'd, he'd do the level, and I'd be sitting behind, and we'd talk about it and compare what, the way we'd done it. So I was still in touch with, I was, I was in touch with games, but I just didn't have anything to play on myself. Okay. Um, and so yes, yeah, so there was there was um, all that, 
and yeah and before that i spent some time in america as well on a on a, on a gap year and i did the same exactly the same thing with my mate, my mate watts on on half-life we'd kind of like sort of play played the game on the same computer and sort of like where'd you compare go in, in america so i lived in north carolina for um, about seven or eight months on a like a gap year thing i went back to high school over there which was a, a weird but great thing <laughs> you went to high school in america yeah yeah basically what happened is i didn't get into i didn't get into i really wanted to go to work uni i didn't i don't know well, there's something about it i really wanted to want to go there and i didn't get in the first time around because i'm sort of fucked up the interview uh and i was like okay well, bugger it, i'm just gonna have a i'm just gonna have a gap year and there weren't many gap year so i looked into gap year you know things you can do yeah in terms of schemes they were this is one this is one thing that was still that was that was just there i thought oh, was what why not you get you get free free trip to america for six months staying with families um and went back to high school and it was one of those things i didn't really think about it until i was there and i was like wow i've actually chosen to go back to school <laughs> <laughs> but it was america so yeah so i got you know i did i got an american girlfriend at the american prom uh you know, realised that the, the 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 jock and nerd culture isn't just a thing in films; it's real. <laughs> they live that way. You know, I, I you know voted for the king and king of the prom, and I was a senior, and yeah, in, in, in North in North Carolina it was. And, um, and so was this like like to try and bring it on topic? Like, was this were you kind of not that interested in the games at that point, or was that because like this is a common thing through speaking to people on the show? The kind of the games that people play growing up are vastly different purely because hardly anyone in america had home computers really yeah so i was over there and i got so the first family i, was, I stayed with they had in the n64 so there was a lot of golden eye going on with me and ricky and then the second family they had a, they had, they had, a, they had a pc and so then it became like with with watts I, I, you know, I was playing uh i remember getting the the half-life there's a after half-life came out they made it like a separate half-life demo but with all of the um the knowledge that they'd gained from making the actual game i forget what it's called half-life something okay uh, and 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 it started off and and it had um you started off and there's like some sort of the building shook and then the bit of roof fell down then you went outside and they had some marine combat and then someone fired a rocket launcher at you and i can remember getting that off of there off of a off of a disc of some some sort I bought bought over there. I mean, me and Watts just played played that, and I, we were just like like a religious experience for us both. It was absolutely amazing, and um, yeah, so we were doing all like um, just playing all that all that all, all that together really. Or one of us would play it, and we would tag team it, and playing that amazing surface tension level towards the end of the tanks, and you know what I mean. Just that, oh, it was absolutely magical and it was really great uh, you know it's, it's it's interesting that so many of these things are single player but i experienced them in a very kind of a in a buddy buddy way <laughs> no totally um, like, that's totally true of a lot of yeah. around that time especially like university and stuff like a lot of my memories like rocky is a weird one rocky on the playstation 2 like th- that yeah. that was very much uh i mean we could all play it multiplayer but nobody ever did everyone would just we just sit and play through the campaigns yeah. which is ridiculous but um it, it was something very enjoyable because it's almost like watching other people spar you know and you're giving people yeah. tips on like i'll use this combo on this guy what, and stuff what did you play that on sorry the ps2 i think the ps2 yeah because i think we had that because it, it was on dreamcast i think it i feel like it was or, i think or it was it, originally on the xbox 
Oh, okay. And there was a port of it to the PS2, but it was brilliant. It was such a good game. Oh, okay. Well, I, well actually, I'm, I'm, what am I talking about? I'm talking about an earlier time. I think there was a there's a box. Uh, I, the reason I bring that up is there was a boxing game I remember playing. My mates do in halls had a, had a Dreamcast. So oh, it was all, the Ready to Rumble. Yes, yes. So we all temporarily became massive Dreamcast nerds, uh, and that was a good time as well. Because I, I, again, I used to sit there watching him play. Uh, there's a Resi game on there, and I remember just sitting there watching him play Resi. Uh, and um, the big one then as well was Power Stone. We became absolutely addicted to Power Stone, which remains one of my favourite games of all time. Loved that game. So, so good. Oh, it's amazing. That, that, I mean, that is very much, that's like a perfect university game to play in with a group of people yeah. and stuff. And, oh, yeah. So much fun. No, and they'd be so like, because every bout would come down to like a sliver of health. And we were all, it's one of the few games where we were, we were all probably quite evenly matched. And I'm crap at games, but that one I actually got quite good at. Well, comparatively, anyway. So, yeah. But, and again, but, you know, so I, I really, like, even when I was at Zone, I did all my game playing at work, really. I didn't actually have, for, for the, at least the first half of it, I didn't actually have a home, home PC because I'd, I'd be going into the office at the weekends to play games and stuff like, stuff like that. I didn't actually need a computer at home. So how I, did you get that job then? Was it literally just, like, an ad in a magazine? Well, so basically, I so after 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 uni, I did lots of. I want. I didn't know really what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do media kind of stuff. So I um, did. It's not probably not the way it's done now, but the way to get in back then was just to get work experience, just do free work for different magazines and stuff. So I went in. I worked on uh, the Zoo magazine before it came out, uh, before it originally released, kind of in the early when it's called Project Tyson. Uh, so I was, on, I was on that for a bit. I worked at Empire Magazine. I worked at uh, Maxim Magazine. I worked uh, at, uh, for different radio pluggers, I, uh, film distributors. And I was just sleeping on my mate's floor in Southfields in London. Um, uh, and just ba- and basically did, and, and, and tallying that up with doing um, sort of a, a contract we work with just in different postrooms or whatever in the capital. My best job I ever had at, it was at that time, even better than any job I've had in games. I worked in the postroom at KPMG in Canary Wharf Tower. Okay. Which is, and the reason it was good, and this is such a dive, but sorry, I feel like, I feel like I'm Donlan because I'm, I'm <laughs> off this crazy tangents and probably not quite as intelligently as him. But it was the best job I ever had because, um, because you know, if you're a posh person and you work in the, Canary Wharf Tower, then you get in the lift and it takes you up to your place of work in what, 40 seconds? If you are a menial staff member who works in a post room or, you know, clean, cleans or does anything, then you have to wait for a lift that can take anything up to 45, 50 minutes to arrive. And at KPMG, they needed to have like legal documents coming in and out all day. So my job was to go press a lift button wait for 45 minutes playing cards and having a laugh going to the lift going down to the bottom picking up documents playing cards again and going back up the top i was just and i was just being paid to have a laugh with these really funny amazing awesome people working in this post room just because the lift was <laughs> took that long it was crazy it's one of those things like when you built when you built this building did you not think for a second <laughs> that maybe you know the post would need to turn up a little bit quicker. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, anyway. That seems absurd. Like, I know. What, what would happen if you went into the kind of the posh people's lift? 
oh, it would just be, you know, cats and dogs living together. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just, you know. The foundations then, start to crumble. Oh, but it's a, do you know what? Okay, let's bring it back to games because what, because, because what that Canary Wharf taught me in a, in this really weird way is just, it was, and later on when I was playing Portal, it was exactly the same. You know in Portal when you'd be in the very, the test chambers and they'd be very white, very clean, and then all of a sudden you'd find a little crack go through the door and there'd be all the graffiti and stuff like that. Yeah. And and like you'd be like, you'd be behind the scenes. It felt just like that. You'd go through your little secret door, everyone's, and then you go from posh suit in Thailand, you'd go through, you'd go through a door and all of a sudden it'd be grimy and there'd be, Millwall graffiti on the walls, and do you know? Do you know what I mean? And the the the, the thing would take forever, and it was there's such a level of artifice in that very efficient workplace that just disappeared the minute you went, you walked into the scenery. It was, and then you go go down the left in the bottom of Canary Wharf. It is, it genuinely is um, Half Life. It really is uh, Black Mesa because it's these endless tunnels, and you don't know which way's up, which way's down, these endless tunnels and car parks and little security booths just plonked in the middle of the concrete. It's great. It was It was this really, this really weird... I've never been anywhere like it. It was just like, it was just really weird, this two two different worlds right next to each other for two different sorts of people, but yet it all kind of works together some, somehow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, it's really fascinating. It's one of those things that if you... I was. If you look at the plans for how somewhere like that works underneath, yeah, it's just great. So, so ultimately, then I guess you did just see this ad and then decided, okay, I could, oh, I could yeah. write about games. So what happened was I emailed uh, Dave Woods about. I was just emailing. I wasn't just doing games. I was just emailing anyone like, yeah. about like a. Uh, and I'd kind of. I'm always kind of forgotten how much I like PC Zone at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, PC Zone. I love that. So I just emailed them. And they said, oh, they said, oh, we haven't got any work experience, but we are actually putting an advert into the um, into the magazine for an editorial assistant. I was like, okay, and um, yeah, and then I I, I um, sort of popped along to I, I something happened, and I I I think I'd I was either I I didn't reply to the email for ages because I'd I'd slipped over on ice, and my phone had gone under a car. And then some old people had to get me up and I wasn't sure I had to go to hospital or whatever and I was in a lot of pain. And basically I wrote out this story in the way that I just habitually do. And it was quite, it's quite funny and entertaining. It was about a couple of paragraphs of apologizing why I hadn't, um, why I hadn't emailed him back because my phone had gone under a car. And Dave sort of was so entertained by the, the way I'd said it. He'd, he'd said that I'd practically, I had the job then because, because of my, because of my excuse. I, I mean, were you okay? I was, I was, I was fine. I, I just <laughs> didn't have much to do back then. I just wrote a little anecdote about it, and then they got me, <laughs> got me a job about falling over. And yeah, so I went in and had an interview with Dave Woods and Jamie Sefton, and I basically had the same conversation with them that I just had with you, really, about what Zone had meant to me in in times past and Half Life as well. And they were like, "Oh, fuck, should we, should we show him?" And I was like, "What?" And it's like, "Oh, they, that day they'd got the Half Life Two reveal." Oh no way. Uh, magazine that they'd managed to fuck over PC Gamer on, um, uh, like a through very long story, uh, but like uh, they'd held back the printing or whatever and got there first with it, and, um, and so it's still top secret. And they like they show they show they, they they showed me it and I was just like, wow, let me in, <laughs> let me in, and uh, <laughs> thank God they did. So uh, so yeah, it's great. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to take a brief uh, brief diversion. 
and ask some relatively quick-fire questions. Sure. So, um, Will, if you had to play a game with death for your own mortal soul, what game are you best at? Power Stone, I guess. I'll probably have to catch up on it a bit. Um, I'm just not very good at any games at all. Um, so okay. it probably helps me Power Stone. Well, then, with that in mind, then, like, <coughs> have you never been locked in a kind of high-score battle with people that you're not particularly competitive? Normally the worst of them all. Um, I guess... Just trying to think. What, would I, what, what am I actually good at? Like, you're do you have care? To come back to that that's one. what I mean. Like, do you care? That's the no, point. I don't. Like, I don't so if you don't I, care, I don't. then you're not really like, going to be competitive. Like the, whole, the whole debate now about people needing to be good at games. I just, I just, I just don't get it. I just love the experience. I love, I, I play games for experiences and not, not at all, nothing competitive at, at all. It's just, I, you know, I, I play games to be taken to, to somewhere new and different and be shown different things and work out things myself. But they're a very internal thing. And I, I don't, and, and, and when I share an experience, it's, it's cooperative. It's, it's us, doing something together as a team rather than a, a desire to, to win. Okay. And like, don't get me wrong, every now and again, you know, the very, very rare times when I've been top of a leaderboard on a multiplayer game or whatever, yeah, it feels good, but so, to be honest with you, those times are so unlikely to last <laughs> that I don't, I don't uh, get into them that much. Um, well... Uh... Has there ever been a game then that's kind of um, consumed your life to the point where you've had to uninstall it and get rid of it? Drop seven, drop okay. seven, uh, always drop seven. I've had to. Um, I th- actually, I think I think Adonis might have said he about mentioned this. this yeah, 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 that you because, email each other I, saying, "I've done it, I've done it, I've quit." I've done it. I've deleted it. It's, it is actually back on now, but I, but I, but I've, I'm yet. I haven't actually pressed the press the fateful button. But yeah, no, uh, drop seven. My wife would currently say that Zelda is doing it to me, but I've I know that Zelda is. I'm fully in control of my my Switch Zelda habits, and I can stop any time I want. Uh, but drop seven, I, I I probably can't. Um, it's so weird. I don't know what it is about drop seven. Like I don't know what the kind of special source is that that gives it that extra edge, but it really does. I think it is. It must just be the fruit machine kind of mechanic of it. Of, Maybe this. Time. I think it's 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 fruit machine, but also like it's fruit machine, but also you do you, you feel you feel clever with the way that you use what the fruit machine gives you. I think, um, yeah. So no, no so yeah, so uh, uh, drop seven. I'm not I'm not the sort of person that would. I, again, I don't. I the minute like content, say a Destiny game or something like that. The minute the new content stops, I stop. I stop. So like I've only ever done that up to. Level twenty. I love. I love what I played. Wow, I got a lot out of it. But I played up to level twenty first time around. I was like, right. I know. I know what this game's going to give me now. I, I understand it, and now I can. You know, I've got the measure of it, so I can move on to a different experience. You know what I mean? So I'm not someone that sticks around with stuff that much. Um, I, you know, I certainly very rarely see like late game stuff in most things. Yeah, I mean, I if you're playing for the experience, you get the experience. Yeah. You don't have to. If you don't have that kind of urge for mastery or whatever, then that's fine. Yeah, Far Cry, Far, uh, for the recent Far Cry games—they're the only things I've ever got particularly close to 100%ing. But that's just because I just, just, just hoover those things up. 
you just get really lost in the collecting. But that, that very rarely happens to me, really. Um, well, I mean, you, you seem like quite a, a measured person, Will, but um, if you're prone to such things, what was your worst rage quit? Worst rage quit? I don't, have I ever rage quit? I probably, it would have been a, it would have been a, a, a boss. It would have been a boss of some sort, some sort, maybe, maybe some sort of Zelda boss or something back in the day on get on Wind Waker or something like that. But it, it happens rare enough that I <laughs> can't even remember. That's good. Um, on a kind of, oh, hang on, I've missed one. I missed one out last week. I'm, I'm out of practice. Well, um, rage quit. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, have you got a game that's kind of uh, would be the equivalent of like a chicken soup game, like a warm blanket you go back to or use for comfort? Uh, probably any Bethesda game. Uh, anything um, in the, in the old days, it would have been Fallout and Fallout Two, which uh, which are entirely my yeah, that's my. If there was a game world, that is my game world. I just, I just, I just I'm just so absorbed by it. By yeah, the top down ones, right? Yeah, but also, I mean, I do, I do like the Bethesda ones as well. But like the old isometric ones were just like that was my role play. I was never really into into the into the the wizards and stuff, but just put it in that that world with that kind of nihilism, but also the Monty Python references. And back then, I was just like that was Fallout Two, particular probably when I say say the more of the humor side. But in but also like yeah, but there's just put me plonk me in Skyrim or or Fallout Three slash Four. And yeah, that would be, you know, I'm very happy just tootling through the wastes. Uh, I find them so, like, obviously a lot of people mention that. I just, like, I'm yet to, I just find them too, um, too grim. I just, I can't enjoy. Yeah, any of the Fallout games. I just, I, I can see the appeal, but it's just so gross. I just don't like to be in that world at all. Okay. No, I just think, I think I just see a little... I see the thing is, but they're, they're also so silly, and like they're so like the the the, the um the whole Vault Tech and uh, Vault uh, Vault Boy nineteen fifties silly happiness versus I just I just it's very it's very simple what what they do, but I love I love the way that the way it textured and the way that all the grimness always has this kind of like this happy clean listen to old old tiny music style stuff. I don't know. I just I just I just I just love I just love everything about them. And I was always like the uh, in the when Bethesda first got the license, I was always like the one. Well, I, I think I was like the for the famed slightly feared the No Mutants Allowed uh, web, web website, which is like the real Fallout fanboys. I was kind of like the trusted journalist that could, that seems kind of like but still hold that still understood the, the greatness <laughs> of the originals, while Bethesda did their very worst to uh, treasure their treasured franchise. Much as I, you know, I don't. I, I think that what they've done with it is absolutely fine. But at the same time, I can fully understand why a Fallout One and Two fanboy would disagree with an awful lot of it. But, um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's sort of thing. Well, uh, given the kind of the the range of emotions that video games are able to to do, like um, one of the rarest is still kind of comedy. So, uh, Will, what games have really made you laugh? Um, so, are we allowed? So this is that like single player or multi or multiplayer? You can anything. say whatever you like. Uh, things that, that I made laugh most is just um, stuff in uh, playing SWAT 4 co-op in the 
in like the police's own office and just like us absolutely trying and failing to rescue hostages and stuff like that and <laughs> accidentally tasering each other in the arse or there was one time we all ran into the same same room and just shot each other dead <laughs> from two different doors we stacked on both doors ran and shot each other dead and then the, 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 the terrorists just stood standing there just looking at our corpses like what you are the most useless so that's just stuff like that or just like um, the early days of wow and just you know meeting up with these strangers and taking our clothes off and dancing around and doing stupid role play and what bit of the game of, though that, yeah well obviously that too <laughs> um but yeah just just that sort of thing obviously i was a, i was a massive lucasarts fanboy back in the day so like um i think my favorite my favorite point and click was probably um indiana jones and the fate of atlantis i loved that i loved the story loved everything how it loved everything but i mean in terms of funniness then san and max you used to absolutely adore them as well. Like that, that was probably the game you used to make me laugh the most. Yeah, I think that still is like as much as people reference Monkey Island. Like Sam and Max is the one that actually genuinely oh, yeah. made me laugh. Oh yeah, that's the only like um, that's the only one I can really think of. I'm not going to like hideously get all the quotes wrong, but I can still remember stuff like that. I haven't seen that much twine since that night in '68. <laughs> you know, what I mean? stuff like just stuff like that, crazy stuff like that. It's <laughs> the places that you used to go and think like different settings and the characters and obviously I was couldn't do any of the puzzles. I completely relied on walkthroughs and stuff. Oh, I used of course. to let myself think about it for maybe five minutes, but I never used to. You know, I could never have done one of them on my own. I used to. I really liked the Discworld game as well. That used to make me laugh. But again, the puzzles were so obtuse. Yeah, I've never played it. They, they, like I've only really known about those through doing the show. <coughs> like I just because I'd never had PC growing up. It was never part of my uh, my video games history i suppose um so how, how was then you know getting this job on pc zone did you feel like did you feel a sense of responsibility i suppose like given how much you loved it as a kid and you had this great rivalry like were you kind of up for the challenge or were you a bit like oh my god what am i doing oh it, it, to be honest with you it was just it was just the start as well because i got i got involved like You'd call it like the tail end of the of the the the, the, the not the wilderness years the the years of excess let's call it that and like my so in my in my first year like I was doing like when my, my one of my first jobs was like um, I we did a feature about the, called the, the the drinking feature and basically we had to drink like two beers and then play a game four beers and play a game and it was like they would graphs and stuff like that there's always pictures of me kind of like pretty much unconscious on the floor or <laughs> this is just in the in the office this is in the, the cleveland street office um and then we had so we ended up like smoking weed on the top of the on the on the top on the on on, on the roof at, 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 like at, at the end talking about a lower low and, and 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 stuff like that and then it was just <laughs> and that was just my job I was I remember just lying there unconscious, like pretty much um, <laughs> by the by the reception, and then there'd be like uh, and and there's and there's like this the, the 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 cleaners were coming in, and the guy delivering the milk was coming in, and stuff like that. About five five in the morning, I was just like, "What am I doing? What what's going on?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That was that was that was you know, just, it was, so 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 yes, I had felt the responsibility, but also it was just it was just fucking mad, and all of a sudden I was getting to go to. Uh, there was that at the same time I was meeting my heroes and meeting the designers of the games that I've just mentioned to you and 
meeting people that worked on GTA, Carmageddon, Fallout, meeting Ron, Gil- Ron Gilbert, interviewing these people who I just saw as total icons, and some of them just. And then people would be just turning up with with these games to show us. And like I remember the first time that Manad from Ubisoft, he brought in Far Cry and this guy from Crytek, and and he'd be playing Far Cry for the first time or. The first time they brought um, Call of Duty in after the break away from, um, after the break away from what was it? What was the middle at Medal of Honor Studio? Twenty. Oh, I don't something. remember. But anyway, the first, when Infinity Ward first t- t- started, t- t- came out, and they Activision had this Call of Duty thing. And they thought it might be quite good, and just stuff like that, and seeing the stuff beginning, it was some, like it's this amazing sense of privilege, of. It was just amazing. It was just you know. It was just it was just it was just great. And there was still a budget. People were still, enough people were still buying the magazine to have a budget to do stupid stuff as 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 well, you know. And I did. And then I and I all of a sudden I did my first press trip. Right. Um. I was all of a sudden I was in a situation where my first press trip. It was like it was like it was, it was, we saw the games in the route two in the morning. It ended up with this Czech gangster. And I was seeing the limo, and this Czech gangster put, put a load of gun in my hands and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you can't and, just and, jump to the end of the story like that. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, yeah. It's a first pass trip, and then I ended up in a limo with a Czech gangster and a loaded gun. But yeah, anyway, but like, it's not important. The details don't matter. <laughs> but like, well, basically, these got these, these, got these, 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 it was just randomly from the European publisher, and for whatever reason, they thought they didn't, they didn't press us, and they had these, 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 got, they just got these guys who were just around with us like lighting people's cigarettes and stuff and stuff like and stuff like that and then like um and like they were just there and didn't know everyone knows they were that where and at the end then the guy says olaf olaf show or whatever his name was show show will what's in your pocket and he's like yes and just got out beretta and plonked it in my hands and i was just <laughs> like what what's going on do you know what i mean it was just it was just it was really i mean a lot of people talk about i suppose we're going to give this game a 10 okay. out of 10 then <laughs> Well, no, it was, but again, it wasn't anything like that. It was just a bunch of random little stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think we even were covering it. Like, you know, but it was just at this time when, yeah, it was just like, these. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, people going out on trips and all these influencers being given all these, these cool stuff and what, what, whatever. But to be honest with you, the things have really improved so much and it's, so, and it's such a... A guarded sort of everybody looking everywhere kind of in, in, in industry now, and at least like the, the 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 crazy times, I was right right on the end right on the end of them, and you know it doesn't really happen anymore. I don't think, in my opinion, anyway. But anyway, so yeah, that was my first press trip, and good god, it was bonkers. <laughs> so, so like during your 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 time there, like, are there any games that sort of specifically stand out to you as being kind of particularly? inspirational is maybe the wrong word but you know like that kind of as you said earlier with demo discs there was like constantly new ideas coming through you know oh my god you can do this now like are there games that appeared during your tenure that made you think that um it's so, weird the 2000s like there's a lot of kind of consolidation of ideas i suppose yeah I think that's the thing i think that's what what caused my thoughtful pause um i think that that's stuff I really liked. I know it sounds weird, but I really like the the games that aren't really made now, like the the seventy five percent third person shooters. Much as we used to bemoan them now, but I used to love just the little silly freedom fighters, or or you know, just just well made 
fun things with little stories that, that, that had a little gimmick and ran, ran with it. The little things that were risky. I used to, that's why I used to like the little risky, little risky things, little th- third third person game, maybe like a second string from a from a, from a big studio that they just wouldn't get made now because they're just because games got too big and too many people would be involved making it and it's too much of a commercial risk. And that's the stuff I used to really like and the stuff I used to ended up re- re- reviewing. And they would be just shooters. Like time shifters a good one, time, like little funny little game with like a little like a time reverse. And or fast forward, yeah, or dy- dynamic. Psyops is the one that always sticks out in style. Psyops is so good. Psyops is amazing. There was an amazing moment in there where, and there would be like little moments where there, there's this guy behind a inside like a glass box, and you couldn't get in. You'd be like, ha, you can't get in, and then you break it by lifting him up and using him to smash it and get let you in. Yeah, but then moments like that, you just oh, it's so that's so clever. Stranglehold is another good one. Singularity from Raven, that's another good one. You know, just things that that kind of B-list game that maybe I was only playing because I was a games journalist as well, and other people probably maybe people less people would play them like in the real world. But that's the sort of thing that I really like from that 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 era, yeah. and just seeing what people could, could could do like within the confines of what they were building. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does, and it's interesting. Like you were saying, like maybe you're you're you would only be playing that because you're a journalist. But those sort of games really stick out in my head. And I don't know what, why I have this bias, like it's, it's maybe an experience, but if I go to someone's house, say, who, who I don't know, or like a friend of a friend who kind of has a casual interest in video games, they usually have one of those games in amongst the yeah. kind of Call of Duties and the Fifas. They would be like a Stranglehold or yeah. a PsyOps. It just like, and they're just like, I don't know, I just picked up, it was cheap. Um, and they, I think it, they, they do kind of have a, a real kind of place um, that, and they're very much missed. I think Bulletstorm is the only recent example I can oh, think of I that kind it. of does that, you know, that has an, has an idea and just runs with it. Bulletstorm, Bulletstorm made me laugh like a drain. I've loved that. Like it's a such me, a good game. I hang around with um, Christian John and Simon Parkin and Keith Stewart quite a fair amount. Some might say too much, and like um, one of our like you know one of the things that always comes up is like a shared love of Bulletstorm. Absolutely, like um, yeah, just the, the the humor, the cleverness. You know, I love that. I really like People Can Fly's and Painkiller as well. That's another example of the sort of games I loved from that era. Painkiller. Yeah. That was one with like the nail gun and stuff. Yeah, that's what I remember of Painkiller. Yeah, it was like a like serious Sammy, but with I was, but when I was doing that job, it was really about like the advent of, of physics. That was the big thing. Yeah. I was a real sucker for that. Max Payne too. Oh, that's the other thing. All right, that's the game. I'm glad we we're talking about that. Max Payne games. Oh, I love Max Payne games so much. Just like adore it. I love the character. I love the tone. Love. I just love Remedy. Actually, Remedy is what was one of my sort of dream places. They always make the same kind of game, and my god, it gets me. Love it. Oh, so good. I, I remember like that. Um, the original coming out it was like I just moved out I was living with a friend of mine and we had this as you were saying earlier we had the shared PC and we tag team games and stuff Yeah. and I, I don't know if it was the same year I imagine it must have been but it was uh, Max Payne and Black and White both came out in the same year yes. and it was like oh yeah, my was, god yeah. this is amazing games are the best just, the first you never get you... sick of diving backwards in slow motion oh. down the stairs it's just one of the even, greatest game things ever even in the tutorial, the first time you kind of went into slow mo and get, got the guy at the top of the subway steps, 
and like it was just like oh this is the deep carnal moment of oh my god like you know this is going to be the best <laughs> the best game I've ever played and lo and behold it was the story was I really, I really like the story I look back on it though and it's dark as anything isn't it like I, I, I wonder if I could play a game now with a son where like they hit you know you're following a dead baby crying do you know what i mean at the time it's like yeah it's just a dead baby it's a story a story now i'd be like they've done fucking what <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> i'm not sure they get away with that now um so, so you were there like you were there right till the end right no i think i left maybe year, you maybe a year before it finally and, uh, went down. And, and was that kind of consciously like did you did you did you consciously think right i need to i want to try and get more involved in actually making games and being part of them or was it just you could see that magazines were kind of on the way out i mean i, I was editor of it and uh, i was had this massive great commute and um well not massive not all compared to other people but it was t- taking a decent chunk out of my wages and it was just miserable because the budgets were going down and down um wasn't the biggest fan of uh, of the of my of, of my boss as anyone that's ever sat next to me when drunk well no um and yeah and i just couldn't make the magazine i wanted i mean i could i couldn't make increasingly couldn't make pc's own i couldn't make pc's own anymore so what was the point basically okay um i but don't get me wrong like the the people that uh like this that stayed on afterwards um uh, steve dave log i mean like we there was a there was a period when you know i my i was in charge of Steve Hogarty and, and, and John Log Blythe, uh, both of whom are the funniest, best writers I've ever known and ever will know. And it was a joy, a total joy. And it was like the best magazine team I could ever imagine, actually. Um, and it was great. But but then, you know, the, the page count kept dropping, the paper quality kept dropping, the ability, what I could do kept on dropping, you know. And it was a time before what you'd call the PC Steam Renaissance, before... You know, when it was, it was, it was still kind of like. Yeah, there really wasn't uh, a huge amount of PC stuff beyond like it was, the, the it Sims was the, and it, Warcraft. It was the time when you know when people would could actually honestly say, "Is the PC dying as a games platform?" and with a straight face and on and argue towards. Obviously, our argument was always one well, clearly not, but you know, at the same time, it was before, long before it was. You know, the sheer breadth of of gaming that's out there now had really kind of sprung foot and a lot of what we were covering i guess would be like you know sort of ports of of, of uh, stuff on consoles apart from you yeah. know the big valve stuff so yeah you know so like um so yeah so it was i, I always knew i wanted to get out into more of the games kind of stuff development side of it but you know it, it was quite a long process to actually get me into that into it what, what, it what was, made you it, have that idea though like like as in did you just see that as a more sort of viable career or had you had ideas that you wanted to explore or just through meeting people that worked on games? Well, you're sitting there talking to all these people who are making the, making these games. And obviously, you know, when you're interviewing people, you generally hear about the amazing, great creative side as opposed to the, <laughs> the, 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 crunch, the crunch, the deadlines and the pain. But like, um, you know, and it's just like, wow, I, I, want, I want to work, work with you. I want to do that. I want to do this stuff. I want to think in a different way about games and you know it seemed like a natural when you're sitting there interviewing all these people becoming becoming friendly with them realizing increasingly that they are human frail like you and not necessarily the godlike beings that one would assume because god knows one of the things you realize that when the, when you go through the 
looking glasses that not everybody is quite as amazing and cracked up as <laughs> they would be because everyone's human and it's just a big it's a, it's a job like anything else and with the same exactly the same job pressures and you know rivalries and issues and of course you yeah. know mistakes whatever and that, I mean, that's one of the big things that you, that you realize when you when you when you do swap over I, I think because I was I was thinking I was thinking about this before cause before I, I was going to talk to you so I was thinking about this aspect of it and um, one of the, one of the things that I've always been one of the things about me is that I always think about other people too much in terms of whether they're being entertained and like I can't watch a film with someone unless I know that they're being entertained I'm always imagining myself as other people yes. No, I did um, that as well. I used to have a terrible habit as a kid of just watching people. I would, yeah. I, I would stop watching the film and I just watch people's reactions. Yeah, and I think that's with me, and especially in terms of levels, well, like on Alien, like I, I was, I budded up on lots of levels. So I think one of the things I'm actually very good at, and I don't often say I'm very good at something, but then something I'm, I think I am good at is putting myself in the position of a new player, and knowing kind of what they'd feel at each stage, what they'd know. What they're enjoying, what they're not, what they're seeing, what they're seeing as a problem, and um, and going and I, the reason I think that I'm that I am that this is going and spinning right back to something we didn't necessarily talk about is that although I shouldn't really go into like the absolute ins and outs of it, but as a as a family, um, my family has been on a very long and colourful journey uh, with uh, with mental illness, and I grew up in a in a in a situation where I always had to be very hyper aware of um the way other people in the family were were feeling about stuff and i'd always be i'd always have the temperature of the room at any time right and okay. i think that i think that carries on now i know this is sorry i know this is something gone gone, gone super deep but it's also this is one of those things that that i've been thinking about recently but now i'm i'm, I'm just always very good at i'm a bit of a not an empath i don't want to go full fucking diana troy but i'm <laughs> but i know like i know I just I, I'm good at I'm good at putting myself in other situations, and I think yes. that through game design and level design and writing and whatever, I think I think that's a natural that's a natural thing that I just felt myself doing, especially increasingly in my game design roles. Yeah, I, I, I do. No, that makes total sense, and I think yeah. especially. I mean, I can't. I, I've not done any game stuff, but purely from a writing standpoint, I think a lot of writers have that. You know, I mean, you, you kind of and actors as well. You 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 have to. You know, that's that's part of what makes you good at that skill yeah. is kind of being able to really easily project yourself and think about how other people are going to feel and react to certain situations and stimulus. Yeah, and that's what and, that, and, that, and that's what I enjoy. Uh, that that, that, that is just like that, you know. And that's why I've done a fair amount of consultancy as as, as well in like the interim, in the interim periods and whatever. So yeah, I'm just quite good at predicting the reactions of others. And um, yeah, and so that certainly came into play a lot when I worked on Alien Isolation and, and other games as well, I think. So so what kind of, how did you kind of manage those waters then after leaving PC Zone and get into development? Was there a, a specific thing you had in mind that you'd like to try or get involved in or a studio or a game? Um, it was just anything, really. <laughs> just like a, but increasingly, like, um, again, it's something else I'm sure has come up on all your Checkpoints podcasts is how it... It like it's like any industry, certainly any entertainment industry. That it is who you know. It's like oh, it's all about. Yeah. It's all about. It's all about who your like who who your mates are, 
and I know it, that sounds awful, but the, okay, one of my biggest things whenever I talk to people who like you know, younger trying in the industry or whatever is that it, it like everyone says, oh, it's, it's such a clique, and it is a clique. But what people don't necessarily that the way they don't look at it is that like your mates, your current friends, you're in the work the work industry. You are the clique. You're the clique of the future. Do you know? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Everyone Absolutely, grows. Yeah. Everyone goes. Everyone raises up and like. So like my, all, all my sort of close friends back in my days of journalism, now they're all raw bosses or they're off doing different things with different, like, um, I mean, Simon Pike and Harkin writes to the fucking New Yorker. Do you, do, 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 do you know what, do you know I, what know I mean? I know exactly like, what you mean, yeah. And, and it's like, like, it's like it, it, you, it's, you, if you, 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 you stick on, you, 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 you hang around and gradually just through glaciation, everyone will yeah. gradually write rise up and get 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 different jobs and you meet more and more people it'd be and, weird if it wasn't a clique you yeah know? like it that, that's just yeah. how these things work you know yeah. and it's, it's it's i don't think it's even necessarily it's not true for entertainment necessarily or or, or creative industries it's, it's true for everything like that's yeah. just how people interact like the the yeah. big the big point of going to university isn't necessarily a study it's to, it's to meet new people it's to be thrown into the mix with a bunch of random people and maybe make some new connections that way yeah exactly um so, no, i think that's, that's totally totally valid yeah so, no, stick stick just grimly stick grimly stick to it for as long as you can but anyway so anyway yeah so, so, so how did like what was your first kind of job then like outside of the journalism and the consultancy i suppose um well that would have been with slightly mad studios because sue's is my, my very close friend also the reason that i've worked on um no Man's Sky in the end was where Suze was our uh, disc and reviews editor and then she went over to join Blinded Games who became Slightly Mad who then we did um, uh, they're now doing Project Cars uh, but for a while they were doing the, the Need for Speed games uh, Need for Speed Shift and two, Shift 2 so I, I did I learned a lot about racing that year and was it kind of uh, I mean this is possibly a dull question but was it as you imagined like how was it different if not it was in two terms, it was it was it was amazing because you'd walk down I'd I'd walk from one end I was sat right at the end of the end of the studio, I'd walk when I was walking to the video, I'd just walk past like, pretty much every everyone's screen in the whole whole studio and you'd see so much everything you saw was just amazing. It was mind blowing like ship designs, character designs, alien AI tests, the sound designs, FMB stuff, the latest before we'd like when before it even been like announced or known there'd be like mock-ups of what Sigourney Weaver would be looking like in game like in game and stuff just amazing stuff like that and uh and you just have to absolutely just pinch yourself that you were a part of it really but also at the same time when you're in that environment like um there'd be like every there's an expectation of excellence and like there'd just be like everyone just getting just getting on with it it was just work to people and just the fact that this is people were just treating it like work like rather than just some sort of like amazing like holy fuck what are we doing vocation you know because when, when, it, when it becomes a job right it's just yeah, exactly it, it, people are there to, to, to make money they're there to make that model of Sigourney Weaver to, to make money and they know it's it's amazing what they're doing but at the same time it's they're 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 used to their skills so it became almost something of a running joke how I just uh, actually one of the reasons I probably hung around to hang around there for such a like a black, like a bad smell for so long is that I just turn up behind people's desks and I just be like that is fucking amazing how do, <laughs> how do you do that what how do you know what I mean and they'd be like 
people just weren't, weren't used to it. The office and cheerleader, like, essentially. It, yeah, no, it was. And I think like that's is that something that I, I find very surprising. It's, it's very common everywhere you go in all, in all studios. That either, certainly that I know is that there's they, they often not for any particular fault of their own, but there isn't enough people going around going, "That's fucking brilliant," uh, which I'm which I'm which I just habitually do. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's my curse <laughs> to be enthusiastic about other people's work all the time. Um, and the, and as a writer, one of the things that what basically happened to me as a writer, and because of that, because that's the way I'm, I'm built. Like um, you, I had a, a, a viewpoint over like the whole game from start to end. That on a massive production like 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 Alien, when all the leads are very busy in the minutiae, but I actually had a real vision of of what was happening in that like in a kind of from A to Z kind of way of, on the game. Yeah. And so because of, and I because of that I got a lot more involved in the, the level buddy. I was in the level buddy for certain. I had certain things that I was quite not not responsible for because the level design and work was there, but I was responsible for kind of like doing what I was doing before, like thinking about like not either player giving 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 advice feeding back the leads on where the game was going right and when where, where I thought we were going to be hitting roadblocks in a month's time or whatever. And how much say would you get in that, though? Like, Because this is, like, relatively new for you. And, like, I, I, it's always interesting to me, like, how, at what part of the process a writer would get involved. Like, sometimes, like, I spoke to um, Walt Williams a while ago who did Spec Ops, and he was saying, like, that was pretty much a finished game and they just had to make a story around what already existed. But with Alien, you know, I think there's there's an expectation of a certain level of, of story. Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we had, um, now there's a lot of stuff I can't really go into, but if people, like, there's, like, because, just because of NDAs and whatever, what I will say is that it wasn't a, doing narrative on that on Alien was not a straight line, and if people just Google about on it, then there's stuff that you know, were released in the game files that kind of indicate what happened okay but like um it was uh it was it's a bit so it was there was a lot of jigging jiggering about uh of different narrative bits and bobs to meant to get it you know in 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 the the, the like the final build of what, what it what it what, what it became and i i don't much as i am extraordinarily proud of what i and the whole entire team did um you know, I think I think overall the storyline is, is it's fine, but I think where it where it is a lot better is is in the um, is in like the the backstory and the, the character of Sebastopol, the character of, of Seeks and and its working Joes and stuff like that. I think the world I think I think the world building is probably um, what I'm most what I'm, what I'm most proud of and probably what I had the strongest thing in. But also like um, I don't I don't know I think. I think it's just one thing, as I'm sure if, if Al or John Court or whatever, if they're listening to this, they're probably thinking, what the fuck's we're talking about? We never, we never, <laughs> we never trust him that much. But I think I became, <laughs> I, I think I'm quite pragmatic, I think I became quite, quite pragmatic in that I was always aware of, I'm always aware of what working within the confines of what is feasible is. And I think because of that, I'm, I was quite trusting the kind of like, you turn up and you're like, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And everyone just says, "Well, we're out of memory on that. We haven't got the budget for that, and that wouldn't work because it goes against Sony TRCs or something." And you very much pick up what's 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 what can be done and what can't. And I think I picked that up quite quick. And I think I was quite a good touchstone for 
knowing how to make things good while working within 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 our means. I think, and like um, and also I did have this journalist background, so I did know what what would be what reviewers would see as good and bad, and I did see what you know I could look at the game as a as as as, as a product and as, as something that's going out there into the world maybe a little bit more than other people did. or at least i'd certainly have a different take on it anyway of course yeah yeah, yeah. um you know, right. well well during this like just to kind of catch up i guess like during this time this sort of transition and i guess just over the last sort of seven or eight years like are there are there games that still kind of stand out um to you as being kind of formative in in some fashion like especially once you started working kind of more behind the scenes um, the, the the games that are most formative now, to be honest with you, are the stuff like because now I'm I know how difficult it is to make games and I know what you come up against and the the, the unpredictable but also very predictable sides of things and then I look at say what Naughty Dog do and I play just one sequence like the the downhill crazy chase from the church in Uncharted Four and I like I literally just don't know I'm like how do, I, I I played that and I've emailed some some game design and writer friends and I was like, I don't know, I actually don't know how they did that. How can they have something so perfect with no, that just like they're, I just think, I just, I don't see, I see the spreadsheets, I don't see, I see the matrix and I see the spreadsheets that was required, the, organ, the sheer organisational grunt required to do that. And it just blows my mind. I just don't know, I just don't know how it's done. And But all the time having the character knowing that one of the, the the most value the MVP you know the most important thing in there is like is always going to be the characters and the things they say and the and the and, and the beeps but yet it's the way they tie it together I just don't know how they do it like just the, the number of people doing it and the organization just must be through the roof likewise with the latest Zelda on Switch I'm playing it's just like how can you do how can you do that how is it even possible to have this many people apparently working as one the truth is they're probably not working as one and they probably have all the same behind the scenes stresses and whatever as 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 i've had but yet they clearly negotiate them uh somehow <laughs> you're just like how do you do it guys it's just amazing oh, man and and like i guess like do you still are you still as enthused about games as you were when you were younger? Do you still feel yeah. optimistic and excited about the future? Oh, I do totally. I mean, my only problem now is one of, of, of real life where I just don't get to play very much because my wife generally <laughs> is weird. You know, I've, following on from my, my, from my, from my parents, my, my wife's opinion of, <laughs> of video games is very much what the fuck is this on my TV and why isn't it Coronation Street? <laughs> which is why, the, which is why the Switch. Much as I love her dearly, I, I should add because that's one of the reasons we get we get on so much. It's one of those things that the differences can draw you together. Absolutely. But like, uh, but like, um, that's why the Switch is so, so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've covered all sorts of good stuff. Will, is there anything that kind of hasn't come up that um, you wanted to mention? Um. I don't know. Well, we could. I mean, I, I mean, I, I probably should just. I can't talk about low because I was obviously I was on No Man's Sky, but I'm also very aware that, as much as they've like um, redeemed themselves in the internet side slightly, but it's still the sort of thing that if I say one wrong thing, all of a sudden, you know. Ah, well, that, I, I purposely uh, didn't mention it for that exact reason because yeah, you kind I, of I, yeah. touched on that in but, the past. 
Yeah, but I think it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I think it would be unfair not to mention it a little bit. And that I was, I, I was on it, and I was, I was in there until the moment uh, I, I, I left on the uh, the day it went gold, because I just couldn't do it anymore. Because, you know, I actually, you know, I actually had something of a breakdown because I just been working too hard on it. And it okay, was, so it, well, it, let's let's cover it then. So, so how did yeah. you get involved, and like, what was your your role? So, what I did on it was I um, did all. You know, have you played it? I haven't actually. No, I'm sorry. You have, well, because so no, it's, it's fine. Don't worry. But like, because you fly, you, you fly around, and then you meet little alien dudes, and they'll talk in their little language, and you go around picking up um, little words, and so you can. Go kind of unlock what. Oh they yes, you kind of yeah. You, so, you unlock a language basically. Yeah, basically, and then I so I and then so basically, so my main thing in a month is kind of naming stuff and you know, and it's very iterative process. But so I was naming all different different you know things you picked up and whatever. But I was also on like um, but basically all of like there, there's three races. One of the were at launch: Corvax, Gek, um, Corvax, Gek, and and the King. And uh, I kind of came up with all their lore and stuff, which is actually it went. I was pleased it kind of went. It went down, probably the best thing at launch. Though obviously the launch story is a very uh, complex one uh, that's already gotten a lot of airtime on various forums the world over. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of like you know, so I, I, I was in and around, but like it was, uh, you know, it was. It was just uh, it was it was it was too it was too much and it put me out of action like sort of emotionally for about for three or four months or like afterwards so like it was it was it it, it was tough I mean I think it's one of those but I, I don't understand um, so I don't mean to interrupt but like like why though <laughs> like because uh, that seems very um, it was it was such a it was just it, it was it was a pressure cooker and a small team doing an awful lot okay. and. Uh, and a lot of pressure was on me to get to get to get this stuff done. I can't. I, I, um, I don't. I, a lot of a lot of it isn't my story to tell. Okay. Do you, do, do you know what I mean? Especially especially given 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 what 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 ha- what happened afterwards. But like you know, but I felt felt I couldn't really say it. Say I wasn't on it because it's one of the it's one of the one of the, the biggest things of of, of of recent times. And one of the things I'm very, I'm not in a huge amount of contact. I thought I, I bumped into Sean. Well, purposely, but I, I bought, bumped into him in the gang at, at, at GDC, and we kind of like had a, had a bit of a hug. And, I, and one of the things I, I told him was how proud I was by proxy of of, of them, but for for me managing to turn it all around to to an extent. And the fact that for the longest time that No Man's Sky Reddit was um, was just toxic and horrible and, and, and horrible. But then they 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 dug in. They they put in countless more hours on top of the countless hours that they, 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 they did and you know and they put more and more stuff in they seemingly continue to do so 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 yeah no, so it wasn't so anything it, specific it was just like this is a really intense working environment and it's kind of it was an intense working environment I was just putting you know I was just putting I was, I was working for, there for, 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 for way, 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 way too long and like uh, yeah it was it was you know it was it was it was it was, it was, it was hard graft very 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 hard graft and um, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So there's you know there's probably one day. Stuart actually said this to me. Like, like one day you should write about this, and I think I probably will one day. But I don't think that one day's happened yet. I feel like that's a bit of too too bleak of a, a note to end it on. 
<laughs> sorry. sorry no 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 don't apologize no it's good i'm glad we got to chat about it but yeah no it's like it, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's a very funny situation and you know i'm kind of like i feel sort of connected to it but only via, pro- via proxy these days and that's yeah. why i'd feel like i'm not the right person to talk about that game and certainly not after everything that they've been through because they've been through whatever way you whatever way you look at it whatever way out of the outrage pool like as like as 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 people they have gone through the full internet experience yes do you know do you know what i mean and i i've had we had a limited version of that on, on zomboid many many years ago as well and we also sort of came came back from from, from that but it's this um it's not a nice person not not, not a nice thing to happen to happen to, to anybody what yeah. whatever they've done this um the the internet when angry is not a not a nice beast and it it, it does get into into every aspect of, of of one's life simply because you're dealing with this fucking angry morass cloud god <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah no i uh, totally do yeah um yeah i'll, I'll... So, no, so i feel i, I feel I, I i feel from them but i also think that they're doing i think they've done done very well in, the, in this in the situation they've they've had since launch well let's try and let's try and find something fun to to finish on like i don't know what what sort of games recently i actually know let's talk about um your, your kid uh, is that uh is it just the one the one child you've got yeah just Aaron. he's he's, he's almost five as so, so how is yeah, his so. uh how is his how are you going to encourage or discourage his video game life like does he play what? games yet uh he, he he played abzu with me on my lap and he loved it because like it was like an interactive blue planet if you've got kids abzu perfect like you know just like the, the, the riding on the back of the whale as it jumps out oh it was amazing he loved he loved it and he got very sad actually that slight spoilers but like these little little mechanical dudes that go around with you and he called the friend is it like, that's my friend and like but like uh, the, the, the occasionally the friends come into peril and aaron was not down with that at all got a bit upset but you know, but it's absolutely just absolutely quite life affirming playing playing that Abzu. Tried him out on Journey, but on my lap, not so into it because it's a bit less blue planety, I guess. Um, my my big my big thing with Aaron uh, is that I like I don't is that I wouldn't mind him playing ga- games with moderation. But I wouldn't let him play shit, but that went right out of the window. <laughs> First of all, because he's just like. This is one sport you want to play. Hot Wheels game. Want to play PJ Masks game. PJ Masks being this. Anime, uh, anime animation that all the kids watch these days. So you just find yourself installing these things on pads, just as a, just as the emergency, emergency. My child is about to explode in public. You know, <laughs> how can I, how can I add, you know, a ten second timer onto this bomb that's going to explode? <laughs> um, but yeah, which is like, which is I think every every parent can understand to to an extent. So I don't think he's ever gonna. I don't see him going down a complete. I don't see him getting that much into video games just the way he is now, but like he does like he's really into he's really into the Mario characters. He really likes he he knows he knows what a what a bullet bill is and what a bomb is just through talking to me. And he really likes like the world and you know whoever what whatever you know he likes what everything does as opposed to um, you know like the he's, not, he's not in love with the mechanics of yeah. Mario. Well, that's exciting. Thanks. I, I, I think we've definitely covered everything there. Well, was that was that okay for you? Well, was that okay for you, Declan? Because I hope I haven't been dull. No, no, it was great. Okay, got all sorts cool. of uh, interesting stuff. And you learned a lot about. I learned a lot about if I know, I know what um, I've forgotten the word. Waffling <laughs> means now. Waffling. 
Well, I think, do you know what the thing is, the thing about waffling is I don't know if that's a, there might be farmers, maybe that's just what we call on our farm, maybe it's probably on another farm, they probably call it something else. Well, it, it actually, <laughs> like, as well as the, the make hay while the sun shines thing, it's also, it fits the kind of um, description of someone just waffling on, it's just, yeah. just chucking a bunch of grass in the air, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as, as i am doing right yeah. now while i waffle on towards the end of this podcast indeed um, well, thank you very much and yeah. can i do that thing you know when someone's on a podcast and they go what people don't say to you enough is thank you very much for the time you put in because as a listener i really enjoy i really enjoy it oh thank you uh, so but, much Will. that's so nice no, no, no it's great it's, it's great it's really it's a really because i'm a sucker for desert Island discs and i didn't actually know that your podcast existed and that, and then all of a sudden i was became aware that some of my closest friends had been on it uh, and like I thought I gave a listen and become quite an addict it's just, it's just, it's, it's just really good